Hey, what's up, everyone? Sam Goddard here from Sonata Fit. I'm here with uh, my business partner and co-founder, Isabella Petnahazi. Say hello. Hey. <laughs> and this is one of our first podcasts. We're both kind of new to this, but um, we're just going to dive right into it. And in this uh, first episode, we're just going to just try and give you a basic rundown of what some of our goals are with our brand and try to summarize our fitness philosophy and just pack as much information in about 20 minutes in this podcast as we can just to give you guys an introduction to who we are. And if you're a beginner, if you're just now getting into fitness, this is going to be a super important episode for you because we're going to break down just some of the fundamentals, just some of the things that I think you really need to know if you're first getting into it. Or if you're into fitness, like you're interested in it and you watch videos and read blogs, but you're maybe you're frustrated because you haven't figured out something that works or you're in intimidated by the methods that uh, you have been exposed to. So uh, yeah, we're just going to dive right in. Um, for me personally, like the reason I first got into the, the first, the reason, I mean, for a while I've wanted to do this. I've wanted right. to have a fitness brand and I've known for some time that I think uh, what I, one of the things I wanted to do with entrepreneurship would be fitness related because I'm super passionate about it and it's a huge part of my lifestyle. Mm -hmm. And uh, a big motivating factor is obviously like what's wrong with the industry right now, which yeah. is a lot of things. And if you are well-versed in the fitness industry and you're into fitness and you've had some level of success, mm -hmm. you're probably aware of uh, some of the issues that are in the industry. There's a lot of... Uh, dishonesty and <laughs> bullshit products mm -hmm. and just a lot of things going on that uh, really trivialize this process of becoming healthier and getting fit when in reality, it's actually super straightforward. Right. So that's what we're going to try and show you guys is uh, in these podcasts and everything that we're talking about today, we'll probably break a lot of these concepts down in future podcasts and go a little mm -hmm. bit further into depth. But today we're just going to try and give a brief overview. So... Um, you know, for me, obviously, the number one problem that I see in the industry is people are paying absurd amounts of money for things that are virtually free right. on the Internet. They're paying for information, for cookie-cutter information, mm -hmm. cookie-cutter workout programs that uh, if you just take some time to learn some basic principles, you really don't need to pay for that stuff. Um, my opinion about spending money in the fitness industry is that you the only things you really should be paying for like if you're going to pay someone to help you on your fitness journey then what you should be paying for is their time and their their support yeah. you know it makes sense to me to pay to be to get access to someone's time and knowledge because mm -hmm. you know people's time is valuable and uh, like to have a support community um, but things like buying workout programs, like spending 40, 50, sometimes like 75 or a hundred dollars on a like workout program. Yeah. It's like, well, P90X might be a little different just because it's a video that you get guided through and it's motivating to sort of watch the video. But, uh, yeah, even that arguably you don't necessarily need to spend that much money to learn virtually the right. same things. But you know, when you join P90X and you buy P90X, you are kind of joining a community, mm -hmm. you have a support system, you get motivation. Um, what Tony Horton's done, I think is actually pretty cool. Definitely. Um, but it's still, you know, you're paying a lot of money Yeah, it's for something that is end. online and free. True. Yeah. 
True. So the what you're information exactly is already there. You don't really need to pay for the information. What mm-hmm. you're really getting that's valuable when you buy a workout program like that is like the motivation, mm-hmm. the community. Yeah. You you know when you watch these videos, it's kind of like you have FaceTime with the founder of this company. I felt like I was friends with everything. Tony. Growing yeah. Up. <laughs> yeah. He's super enthusiastic, and he's yeah. like he's he's a great coach. So um, yeah, if you are at the beginning of your fitness journey. And you're ready to design a program, uh, don't just go ahead and buy one. You know, take some time, uh, hopefully here today, in the next 20, 25 minutes, to just learn a little bit about the principles that guide all successful workout programs. Because mm-hmm. any programming that is successful is based on the same stuff. <laughs> and it's not complicated. It really isn't. It takes discipline and there's a maybe a bit of a learning curve. Um, but it's not that difficult. So, uh, we're just going to dive right in. Um, the most programs, when you, when you buy a training program, most of the time, the way that it's set up that I'm seeing in the industry is that, uh, different fitness models and coaches or what have you will build a social media following and, you know, they show themselves doing workouts and do all sorts of vlogs and then they sell training programs that are based Mm -hmm. on their routines. And uh, what a lot of people don't realize is that these people who are super, super popular on Instagram, who have these insane physiques and uh, just get all all this attention online, their life literally revolves around their fitness. It's their career. Mm -hmm. So not only do they have experience and, and knowledge Uh, that you might not necessarily have when you're interested in buying their workout program, but they have time, right? They have a lot of time because the way that they make money and survive is literally based off around fitness. So a lot of the time, the training programs that they're writing and selling to people are based on their fitness habits. These are people- And their lifestyle. And their lifestyle, and which revolves around fitness. So Mm -hmm. they have, you know, one to two hours, four to five times a week to spend in the gym and really just perfect their physique and constantly strive towards having like the best body as possible and getting as strong as possible. And if you're a normal average person, you probably don't have that much time. You probably like if you're a college student and or you're you recently graduated from college and you're in debt and you're working full time and uh or if you're or, like a single parent. Exactly, yeah. Like, if you're a single parent with kids and you Average don't, people. Yeah, average people don't have, have the time the time to train like bodybuilders. Mm-hmm. So that's a huge mistake people are making is when they're trying to take a practical approach to health and fitness, they're getting advice from people whose lives revolve around fitness. And personally, even though I'm very passionate about fitness and I enjoy it a lot, I still don't want my life to revolve around it. I want fitness to sort of be a stepping stone for everything else that I do in my life so that my body is not an obstacle in all the other things that I want to do. My body works for me and not against me. Mm -hmm. You know, but my mentality is like, you know, you want to spend as little time as possible just picking things up and putting them down so that you have more time for physical activities that are that will promote your health as well that are way more fun, you know, like mm-hmm. going on hikes in the woods and right. playing with your dog and like just fun stuff, you know, because unless you, I mean, and it's different for everyone. Some people love lifting weights. Like I actually quite enjoy it Same, up yeah. to a certain point, right? Like to I don't want to do it all day, but I'd enjoy it. Um, a lot of people don't, a lot of people don't 
really like exercising. It's not always pleasant mm -hmm. to like intensely exercise. Sometimes it sucks. So <laughs> it always sucks. We just get yeah, used to it. And it's worth it. You know, yeah. like once you establish a rhythm, once you're able to realize what the payoff is for exactly. investing your time in your what body, the then the difficulty and the challenge of training becomes something that you can wrap your head around. It's less significant. It's yeah. less daunting. But in the beginning, it can be intimidating, right? Mm -hmm. Especially Absolutely. if you're at the beginning, you don't know how to train. You've never lifted weights. Maybe you are over weight or have over other health complications and you're trying to find something that's going to work for you and that's going to be fun. It's just not, it doesn't work to get your advice from people whose lives revolve around fitness. You know, I see so many young guys who are like 18 years old, their testosterone is going to be through the roof for the next couple years. They're like primed for growth, mm -hmm. but they, you know, uh, are going to buy training programs from IFBB pros and like pro bodybuilders who use steroids or like world-class strength athletes who are breaking powerlifting records and stuff like that. And, and I think that the same goes for girls too. I mean, sure. but maybe not in the same way as they're promoting strength and like building muscle, but more so just like slimming down and becoming quote unquote toned. And I toned. see these things like fit tea everywhere. And you know that the people who are advertising them aren't actually using it. Yeah. It's, it's not something that they're using. They're just getting paid to, post a sure. pretty picture holding these products and sometimes they do use them and that's really cool but i feel like the majority of the time it's almost like it's just really fake they're coming off fake they work very hard for their bodies but then they're attributing it to products in order to make money off of their impressionable followers who are usually like teenage girls. Exactly. And it's really messed up. Yeah, that's another huge problem in the industry is that so much money is being made off of young, impressionable children inexperienced kids yeah. and young adults yes. who are motivated they see like killer physiques online mm -hmm. they're like oh my god i want to look like that i want to be jacked and shredded or i want to be slim and toned I be like the and, model. and they end up believing like oh this person is has a body that i want i should train like them and i'll look like them i should take these supplements and i'll look like them everyone is different different things work for different people yes and there are certain principles that are universal, Absolutely. but it's true. Like you're going to have to find a unique formula exactly. that's, that works for you. And it's not just about what literally works like in terms of exercise selection, reps and right. sets. It's about what works for your lifestyle. Like, and for your like mental health as well. Exactly. You Absolutely. don't want to go overboard. Yeah. And you kind of see that. You kind of see there are some brands and some people that are really uh, pushing this movement of sustainability yes. and mental health yes. and balance. And we totally want to be a part of that. We want to sure. to just sort of join that wave and help you guys find um, something that's going to like add to your life, not take away from it. That's going to create exactly. time in your life because it makes your body function better and it makes every other aspect of your life better. And more efficient. So yeah, if you're if you're looking for a solution, you don't know what to do next, or you're a beginner, don't spend your money yet. Just wait. Hear us out. And uh, and maybe after this podcast, you'll be a little bit more prepared to hopefully take some steps without spending money. And if you do spend money, spend it wisely and in the right place. So uh, we'll go through a few uh, principles mm -hmm. that – just about everyone who is successful in weightlifting or fitness, bodybuilding, whatever else, what they're using, what mm -hmm. all of these programs, what, what makes them successful, yes. right? So the number one thing 
that will make a program successful actually has nothing to do with the details of the program itself. It has to do with your commitment and ability to consistently work at it. Like no matter what your program is, Mm -hmm. if you work at something consistently, if you establish something that works for you, form a habit, make a time commitment, and you just work towards improving yourself every day, going a little bit further a little uh, every day, then you're going to make progress. It's inevitable. You can't move your body continuously <laughs> and repeatedly day after day and not see results. It's kind of like in our, uh, we're both studying uh, to become personal trainers right now. And in the first chapter of our personal training manual, it cites a study that just right. like says the most obvious thing in the world. It's like this uh, health feder- uh, organization or whatever concluded that exercise is beneficial. Yeah, they were like, we have found that some exercise is better than none. Yes. And I'm like, did we not? <laughs> exactly. It's like, and we've also seen that as the frequency, duration, or intensity of the exercise <laughs> increases, the benefit also increases. It's like, and that was like a 2008 study. Yeah. It was from an American Journal of Exercise or something, and it was ridiculous. It's like, did it take us that long to realize <laughs> no, that we're supposed to No, it took us that long to care about it. To care enough to fund exactly. studies to prove it. I mean, everybody knows this, obviously. Like, you know, they didn't, all the stuff that we're going to talk about is not something that people even gave a second thought to, like, let's say, just a couple accepted. hundred or thousand years ago. Mm-hmm. Like, fitness was a part of life. Movement was just a part of life. You didn't have a choice. Yeah, exactly. If you weren't fit, like, your, like, you your likelihood be. of survival was significantly lower. And so... It's like, it's like planet Earth. Right. If you don't survive, you're going to... If you're not, like, fit and, like... Top tier, you're going to be eaten. You're going to be eaten. You're going to starve. You're you're not going to be able to find shelter. So now we live in a culture where people are sitting all day and staring at screens and and not moving a lot. It's like society itself. It's not even necessarily something that is our fault, right? As people, like it's not a moral failing. Sure, sure. But our society is structured in such a way that it doesn't promote physical. Or mental well-being. Exactly. So the fitness niche and the industry at large is almost like the way it's set up is as a coping mechanism Mm -hmm. for our programmed lifestyle, which is sedentary and not enough movement. So ideally – and this is really one of the things that I really want to get at in our brand is that ideally you live a lifestyle that keeps you active Mm -hmm. enough that exercise is just like – it's a supplement. Yeah, it's, it's a an, supplement. You don't need to do a whole a ton of it. You really don't, guys. Like, you really don't need to put as much time separate from everything else that you do into your fitness if you make being active like a part of your lifestyle. Mm-hmm. If you go on walks and yeah. you go on hikes and you find fun things to do that that incorporate movement. So, uh, anyways. I feel like that's what... I experience every summer when I go overseas and we're like right. riding our bikes everywhere. Yeah. We're like Swimming. walking all day. I'm like, I'm eating straight cheese and carbs for two weeks. Like yeah. nothing else. And, and I've never lean. been this slim in my life. Like it's right. So that's another thing to consider when you're looking at a program guys is, is it's more about how you live your life on a daily basis mm-hmm. and the activities that you set yourself up to engage in apart from fitness. Like fitness doesn't have to be this separate thing that you only do in the gym. And I don't think it should be. Um, it's gotta be fun. So, uh, yeah. Number one thing is consistency. The number one thing is you need to find a formula, a time commitment that's going to work for you. 
um, whether it's three times a week or five times a week, or even if it's once a week, um, my personal recommendation and my experience, the best way to form a habit, a fitness habit is to create a daily habit mm -hmm. because something that you do every day is going to get written into your brain and become like a neurological pattern and mm -hmm. just be something that becomes automatic so much quicker than if you do it like two or three times a week. Right. If you train three times a week, then four out of seven days of the week, you're, you're practicing not, not being active and not working out. <laughs> so it just takes, it'll take you a lot longer to form the habit mm -hmm. and uh, it'll be more tempting to take days off that aren't really off days because more of your days are going to be off days than not. So to put it another way, let's say you have two people who are just getting into fitness and the first person is going to work out for one hour, three times a week, which would be three hours a week, right? So let's, and let's say you have another person who works out for 15 minutes a day, every single day, mm -hmm. which is a, an hour and 45 minutes a week, right? So yeah, seven days a week, 15 minutes a day an hour and 45 minutes. So the person who's training every day is training an hour and 15 minutes less each week, but because they're doing it every single day, their likelihood that they're going to form a habit and be able to stay consistent with it, in, to my mind and in, in my experience, is just way more likely. So you don't have to do it that way. You know, Maybe you can only train three times a week and maybe that works for you. Um, but what I would recommend is forming a daily habit. It really only takes 10 minutes a day to form a fitness habit. If you can start doing that now, even if it's just a 10-minute walk, if you can train your brain to get into the habit of saying, I exercise every day, I move my body every day, I take care of myself and I do some sort of routine every day, you're gonna form a habit so quickly. Once you've formed a habit, then you can expand upon that habit, right? So it's more important to form a habit initially than it is to find the right program, find the right exercises, find the right this, right that, because there's so many different things that work and so many general principles that you can apply. So first thing is determine what time commitment you're able to commit yourself to mm -hmm. on a weekly basis. And my personal recommendation is that it should be every day. And you should start with just something like 10 to 15 minutes, especially if you're a beginner. If you're not used to working out, don't overwhelm yourself. Don't just try yeah. to jump right into training one to two hours. Because if you get overwhelmed, you're not going to, you're going to get burnt out exactly. so fast. It's discouraging. And then you mm -hmm. feel like, what's the point in this? And you're tired and it hurts and you're sore <laughs> and it's just like, screw this. It right? hurts so bad. So uh, yeah, consistency is one. Frequency is two. Uh, and then a couple other principles, and these ones are a little bit more complex. So we'll get into these in separate podcasts. better in more detail in separate podcasts. But we're yeah. just going to give you the terms now, and uh, in between now and some of our next podcasts, you guys can just go on Google or YouTube and just type in these words and uh, learn a little bit about them. Uh, and these next three principles are volume, intensity, progressive overload, and actually a fourth one too, which is rest. So you need to understand these things when you're designing your own workout program. Mm -hmm. You need to get an understanding of these concepts and learn how to apply them towards uh, creating a routine for yourself. Um, someone I really recommend that you go and learn from online, probably one of the best sources of information, science-based fitness information, comes from this guy Eric Helms 
who is, uh, I don't know if he's like the founder or CEO or whatever, but he's a huge part of the company 3DMJ, 3D Muscle Journey. I've never heard of it. And uh, yeah, he is a super scientific, he's just a fountain of knowledge. He's got like a bachelor's and master's in the field of fitness. I don't know exactly what his degrees are. And he's working on a PhD. Actually, he might already have his PhD. I'm not sure. But he is like the guy. Like I've learned so much from him. So um, if you want to learn in more detail about volume, intensity, progressive overload, and rest, you can go and check out uh, Eric Helm's channel on YouTube. And it's a little bit dense. He's like very uh, thorough in his explanation mm-hmm. of these things. Might be a little boring, but definitely worth the time if you have to invest in it. So have to go check that out. Yeah, really, you should. He's got <laughs> he's got like these pyramids of mm-hmm. priorities for both training and like nutrition. Down for me once. Yeah, and he sort of outlines which is most important and which is least important, and breaks down where you should really put mm-hmm. your time. So, um, just to as a basic overview, uh, the first concept is volume, and basically, what volume refers to is the total amount of work that your body does in, for example, a given workout. Mm-hmm. So. If I did, let's say I'm doing squats in my workout and I uh, put and I'm, I've got 135 pounds on, and, and I'm doing back squats with 135 pounds on, on the bar or two 45-pound plates and a 45-pound Olympic barbell. That's 135 pounds. Say I put that on my back and I do 10 squats and I do three sets of that, which is 30 squats total at – 135 pounds. Mm -hmm. So the volume for that training, for that workout, if I'm only doing squats, would be 30 times 135 pounds, which is 4,050 pounds. So that's a basic way for you to calculate and track what your volume is when you're training. And I highly recommend that you do this. I recommend that when you train, that you record everything that you do, record every single rep, every set, and the weight that you're doing Uh, Every single time. Uh, If you do this, if you track your volume, you're going to get an idea of how much volume you can do in a workout and how that's going to play into the frequency at which you train and how often you're going to need to rest and how much food you need to eat. Um, And that leads right into the next principle, which is progressive overload. Basically, what progressive overload is is literally just that, progressively overloading your body with more and more volume. This is how you build strength. And strength is not just, you know, when we say strength, we're not just talking about how much weight you can lift for one repetition. How much can you bench? Yeah, how much can you bench? Like if you (laughs) ask someone how much can you bench, the number they're going to give you is usually how much weight they can bench for one rep. So if they say, oh, I can bench 275, that means they can put 275 pounds, get under that weight and bench press it one time. Mm -hmm. So that's one way of measuring strength. Um, But there are other ways to measure strength. Like if you lift, let's say you lift 5,000 pounds in one workout and then the next workout you lift 6,000 pounds, technically you just got stronger. Right. So progressive overload basically just means gradually and systematically adding weight and adding volume to your workouts. And there are several ways that you can do this. You can add volume and progressively overload your body by increasing the number of reps that you do in each set. You can increase it by uh, increasing the number of sets that you do 
or you can add weight to the bar and do the same number of reps and sets. But as long as you're calculating the total volume, then you have a number that sort of tells you what your your total energy output is. Mm -hmm. And uh, it doesn't really matter what that number is. It's just a measuring stick. Right. It's just a way for you to measure, okay, this is what I did last week. I'm going to try and do a little bit more. You know, I'm going to try to do... 11 reps instead of 10, or I'm going to do three sets instead of two, or I'm going to do 145 pounds instead of 135 pounds, or maybe you don't change the volume or the reps or the sets or the weight at all. Maybe you just try to complete the same workout in a shorter duration of time. Right. So if you lift 5,000 pounds in a workout and it takes you 15 minutes to do that, and then That's you, impressive. yeah, and then you do that a couple, you know, times in a row and then you try to do it in 13 minutes and then you try to do 5,000 pounds in 12 minutes. That's technically progressive overload too. Mm -hmm. Strength is also a matter of how efficiently you can do the workout. Right. Like how, how quickly can you get this done? Not just what you can lift. Exactly. Not just what you can lift. And I think that's something that especially for like bodybuilders or maybe, um, maybe even strength athletes – the duration that their workout takes is something that they might not necessarily be, uh, the, they might be taking for granted. They're not know? taking it into consideration. Exactly. Exactly. Like if you do the same volume, but you do it in less time than you did it last week, right. you just got stronger in one way. Go you. So strength is not just this one thing that's like, oh, how much weight can you lift on the bar for one rep? It's many different things. Um, there's another myth in, in uh, a common misunderstanding that if you're training for strength, you would do higher weights and lower reps. And if you're training for hypertrophy, which is muscle size growth, you would do lighter weight at higher reps. But both of those things are, are strength-based. Like it's not like you can only get stronger training in the three to five rep range. If you train at eight to 10 reps – and you do 8 to 10 reps at 135 pounds, and then the next week you do 8 to 10 reps at 145 pounds, you just got stronger in the 8 to 10 rep range. Right. So there's no specific number of reps, sets, or weight that you need to train in in order to progressively overload your body and get stronger. So that's progressive overload. The next principle is intensity. And intensity just refers to literally how intense the exercise of the workout is, like how much energy – you're spending and how hard it is for you to complete right. the workout. So if you, let's say that you did eight reps at 135 pounds and then, uh, the next time you worked out, you did eight reps at 145 pounds. It's the same number of reps, but it's going to be more intense. It's going to be harder for you to lift 145 pounds for eight reps than it was for you to do eight reps at 135 pounds, right? So that's basically what intensity is, is like just uh, how hard it is for you to complete a set of exercises or an entire workout as a whole. Right. So uh, the last one is rest, which is super important and often underrated. You have to figure out um, if you're working out at a certain intensity at a certain frequency and training with a certain amount of volume, you have to figure out through trial and error how much rest your body needs before you're ready to attack the next workout because you don't want to fatigue your nervous system and just go super hard because that might work for a while. Like you might be able to just progressively overload and overload and overload for four or five, six workouts in a row. But if you don't figure out how to rest efficiently, eventually you're going to plateau. You're going to get fatigued and uh, 
it's not going to work out for you. So uh, these are things that nobody can really tell you how to use these principles to to figure out exactly how you should be training. You need experience in order to figure out how to use these things. You need to do it by trial and error. And that's where a coach does come in. As a coach is someone who can guide you through uh, things like progressive overload and help you figure out how much weight you should be adding per workout, when you should be trying to overload, how much you should be resting. Um, but it's not universal. It's not like there's a formula that just works for everyone. Like mm -hmm. you have to pay attention to your body and figure out how much time it takes you to and recover. Your mind. Yeah. And your mind based on, you know, based on the volume and intensity and frequency mm -hmm. of your training. Right. So, um, what else? I think it's also important to take rest into consideration when we're talking about intensity mm -hmm. because rest periods within the workout are also important. And if you are taking a longer period of time to rest in between sets or reps, then that's going to be lower intensity. It's going to be less effective, in my opinion, at least. When you rest more? When you have longer periods of rest, yeah. Yeah, or it definitely – when you're resting longer, it's definitely pr – you're probably trying to do something different. Like mm -hmm. if you're training – if you're a strength athlete or a power lifter and your goal is to lift as much weight for one repetition as possible, then you are going to need to rest more between True. sets because your sets are going to be brutally intense because they're mm -hmm. super heavy. So yeah. you will need three to five minutes between sets to recover. But like we were saying, there's more to strength than just lifting a ton exactly. of weight on the bar for one rep. So, and that's not most people's goals, guys. Like, you know, I just think that's super overrated. Not that – like I'm not trying to knock it. Like it's fun. I like powerlifting. I like trying to increase my one rep maxes. But for the average person, again – It's not sustainable. Exactly. If you're trying to lose work. weight and just generally get more fit, then I don't recommend super long rest periods between sets. For example, with our like 10-minute circuit that we do, Yeah. the point with that circuit is to try to increase the number of – what would you call it? Like sets that we do. Yeah, we're I mean, we're trying to sort of increase everything with that style right. of workout. We're trying to speed up the pace of the workout, add reps, add sets, and the time frame that we're using is 10 minutes. So in those mm -hmm. 10 minutes, we're just trying to do it faster and faster and slowly add more reps, more sets, do more rounds. And for that style of like a metabolic conditioning, mm -hmm. Uh, we're trying to make it as intense as possible. We're trying to rest as little as possible um, because training like that, and this is kind of like a digression, but training like that where you don't rest a whole ton between exercises or between sets, um, it's called high-intensity interval training, and it's super good for weight loss, uh, fat burning, and also uh, human growth hormone, which is a which plays a huge role in building muscle. So when you train the whole body, when you attack the entire nervous system and you're switching from exercise to exercise and you're minimizing the rest period, when you train like that very intensely, you're going to produce more human growth hormone, which promotes muscle building. So uh, another thing I don't recommend is doing what's called bro splits. What, what is that? A bro split is basically training different parts of the body on different days. Like oh. you have a day for back, a day for bench or a day for 
you have a pull day, a push day, and a leg day is one of the most common bro splits. And uh, bodybuilders do that because they are trying to isolate muscle groups and they're trying to maximize hypertrophy and muscle growth size. So that is one way of training. Um, but again, if you're not a bodybuilder, if you're not trying to step on stage and look as jacked as possible, that probably isn't the best training methodology for you. The body wasn't designed to be trained in separate parts. It was designed to be moved and trained as a whole. So I've had the most success just training the body as one entire unit, trying to train the entire nervous system and all the major muscle groups at the same time. I work out the entire body in every workout, and that's uh, that's what I recommend doing. How about you? Um, I mean, for most of my experience with working out, I've done sort of split, like what you're explaining, where every day would be a different muscle group or part of the body. And I think that the reason for that was just to make sure that we were hitting all parts of the body every week. Mm -hmm. um, so that might work for you. But I think that when it comes to being fit in a functional manner, mm -hmm. that you're not going to have to train each individual group. Right. That's not when we were living in the forests, like it wasn't like, Oh, I better do my bicep curls today. It was right. like, let me be able to climb this tree. Yeah. Or run really fast or run really fast. Predator. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, again, it's not that it won't work. You know, if you have a bro split and you're training three times a week and you apply things like progressive overload mm -hmm. and volume speed. intensity and rest, you will see results. Absolutely. Um, it's just about, you know, what kind of results you're looking for and how fast you want to see them. So yeah, um, what else? I think that um, that's good. I think we have a few other concepts that we consider touching on, but yeah, we're pushing like a half hour. We're pushing though, so, half an hour. <laughs> yeah, we've got about thirty minutes. So uh, in future podcasts, we're gonna break down these things in a little bit more detail. Mm -hmm. We're also gonna talk about uh, a practical approaches to nutrition yeah. and diet and the importance of finding a community and a support system mm -hmm. um, and accountability, like connecting with people who can hold you accountable right. and motivate you and say, <laughs> hey, get your workout done today. And uh, yeah, and make it fun. You know, it's fun when you're part of community. Mm -hmm. This is an, a huge thing, guys, is if your fitness routine is not fun, you're probably going to stop eventually. Exactly. If it's not fun for you, if you don't enjoy seeing the results, if you can't find a way to enjoy the journey, you're probably going to quit. If you're just invested for the end result, if you're like doing, let's say you do like a three or four month program and you're just, you're only invested for that end result at the mm -hmm. end of the four months. You'll it's probably not... stop after the four months. Like it, it, it'll probably yeah. motivate you for a lot of it, if right. not all of it. But once those four or five months are over, what are you going to do? Right. And you might not even make it four months. Right. Like if you all might be like, it's not even worth two it. months in, if you're not seeing the results you wanted to see by the end, but you're tired and you're training hard and you know, you're just less likely to, to keep up with it. So, um, yeah. Find something you enjoy. Find something fun. Find something that <laughs> works for you. Find a time commitment that's realistic mm -hmm. to you. Start small. You don't have to overwhelm yourself. Seriously, 10 minutes a day is all you need to form a fitness habit. That's your number one priority if you're at the beginning of your journey is make it a habit. Make it part of your life. Even if it's just 10 minutes, once you establish that habit, then you can expand upon it. Then, you know, once. It's like what they say, you know. It's about um, finding something that you enjoy doing 
Yeah. About. Like, not just about not looking just about a certain your physique. Way. Yeah, yeah, not just about your appearance. That's you such a short-sighted approach to fitness is just trying to look good. You know, if you are healthy, if you make an effort to be as healthy as you can be, you're going to look good. Exactly. You're going to be... It's going to take care of it by itself. Exactly. You don't need to just be focused on your appearance. And that kind of crap is just – it's a recipe for like narcissism and, and – like, unhappiness yeah and <laughs> body image issues and yep. eating disorders and we're going to get into all that stuff Absolutely. too in a future podcast but um we're at like 36 minutes now so if you listened all the way to the end guys Thank thanks you. for tuning in yes uh, we hope this was valuable for you uh if there wherever you're listening to this on like facebook or spotify or itunes we're going to try and blast this uh spotify has podcasts yeah that's where yeah for sure spotify oh, has cool. podcasts well, if you're on Spotify, that's really cool. And yeah. Hello. If you have the ability to comment wherever you're listening and you have a question, mm-hmm. please uh, let us know what it is because we're going to try and structure this around what you guys want to learn, what's most entertaining for you. So give us ideas for topics. Let us know if it was helpful. Um, yeah. Thanks for Different. tuning in. Yeah. And we will talk to you soon. Bye. Bye.